Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is tidying up and decluttering with kids. We have some Marie Kondo fans here today who are tidying up and sparking joy in their homes by organizing and managing all the stuff in families with kids. Will your children really carefully take one shirt out of that drawer with the vertically folded shirts? Will they part with toys with gratitude and joy? How can parents maintain harmony in an uncluttered home and teach their children to do the same? I'm no Marie Kondo expert, so I'm here to learn, and I'm also here to help create realistic expectations, both realistic goal settings and how to teach children to manage and relate to all of the stuff in their lives. I'm excited to be at the square table with Laura Basili, who requested this topic, and Paulina Sperber, also Alexis Geller, who has a school reputation for being an extreme organizer. Laura, Give us your perspective on Marie Kondo and incorporating her practices into your home. And welcome, welcome. Well, I don't know if it's her practices. Um, It's just when I was watching her show, it drove me crazy to think that you could organize your home with your kids. And um, I'm the kind of person who goes from zero to 100. So I'll pick up the toys. I'll organize the toys. I'll pick up the toys. I'll organize the toys. And then... I snap and I grab a trash bag and I stick all the toys in the trash bag and I disappear those toys. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't throw them away. I've never seen that on an organizing your home recommendation list. (laughs) But you know what? My kids didn't care. It was all, it was the kitchen. So I have a little mini kitchen in my kitchen. And of course there's little mini pots and pans and little step on broccolis and, and mushrooms that always get under your feet. And they never put that stuff away. And one time I was like, you know what? I am sick of picking this up and putting it all, you know, in a color-coded, because I can't just put it away. It has to be color-coded. Sure. And, it has you to know, be perfect. perfect. And, yeah. and as I previewed Maria Kondo, clear bins so that you can have easy visual access to what you've got stored and packed away. Yeah, so, it has to be like that. Yeah, definitely. You have to see it. So okay. I, yeah. I just put it all in a trash bag, and I put the trash bag in the laundry room, and guess what? Nobody missed those pots and pans. Nobody missed the, you know, fake food. Nobody missed the plates. And I didn't have to clean up afterwards anymore. And I said, oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Which is a great organizing practice, I think, to begin with. I mean, two things that I'm going to say as the educator, not as an organizing expert. First of all, having a cleanup plan or an organizing system that doesn't include your children is going to make you a slave to a plan that everybody else in your house is going to destroy and upset. So that's just going to add to tons of of frustration on your part. So before we think about um, that big question of why don't they care, the question is, what do you want them to care about? Hmm. Second, when you took that away and you realized they didn't miss it, then a couple things. How? Then I think we come to a, maybe a Marie Kondo question, which is, is it a? Wait, I know you're going to have the. What's that? What's that word, Alexis? The, keep. Yeah, the, keep. The, when you do the sorting, how am I relating to my stuff? Whether I am four years old or forty years old, it's this question of does it have value. 
Do I, am, are, were they using this stuff in the kitchen or were they just throwing it around? Were they just ice skating across the floor versus you had this fabulous romantic mom vision of, oh, my kids are gonna play kilk next to me while I'm making Italian dinners. So um, reality check. Uh, and so it's, and then how much, if, if when, you th when you take a garbage bag of stuff and you eliminate it from your world and nobody misses it, Rule number one, probably had too much stuff. So that, that, that simplifying, evaluating what, what's worth keeping and how much is too much. Is, and is I'm it. a minimalist. You know, I've bought my kids, I think, three toys their entire life. I know that sounds mean, but I, just, I don't buy so what, toys. So where did the kitchen come from? It was a gift from Grandma. Oh, okay. And even on birthdays, I make my kids pick one toy that they get to keep and the rest gets put away and it either gets, you know... Um, Regifted or given to charity or you know used in a Perfect. much later future. Okay, so I'm not that full so of stuff. So you don't have too much stuff. Okay, so we're gonna come back to the clean up the mess. Why don't they miss things? Um, but I did hear a rumor about you having only seven days of clothes of, of, of outfits oh, no, that you're that's working. Oh no, that's not me. That's, that's me. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> uh, let's hear. Just give me your overview. I know, and tell them about all of your organizing connections, resources, okay, process, so and then we're going to find out from Paulina, who I'm not sure is an organizer. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, she, she's coming with cynicism. In a simplified version, I have a very good friend who literally all he owns fits in a car. Okay. He's a travel nurse. He owns his car, and he literally every six months goes to a different location. Right now, he's hiking because he could take six months off. Right. He, all he owns is what fits in his car. And you have two children. I have two children. And a big house. No. I refuse to buy a big house. Okay. I actually, when we sold our old house, I tried to convince my husband to get a tiny home <laughs> because I... It, less stuff means less clutter, means less picking up, more time for family. Okay. So that was my whole thought process. Now, I appreciate Marie Kondo. Completely do. One, one more question before you give us the big picture. When did you start? Did you always, did, when you were married prior to children, did you have this more minimalist organizing? Organizing, my mother will tell you I started at like three. Okay, good. I good, would good, sit good. up at night. It's a personality trait, It is. For sure. I would I would alphabetize my books. She would come into my bedroom and like 10 o'clock at night and I'd have out all my toys and I would be categorizing them by color and then shirts and folding the Barbie <laughs> clothes. be my child? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I would be out. I would take out my books and re-alphabetize them and my husband's common phrase is nothing is ever good enough for you. Like you have to, there's always. Keep perfecting a system. Yeah, there's always a way to perfect it. Like once it's all organized then you have to refit, you know, fix it up um so much for more time for your family no it actually the real push was this past six months you know because i have two children one's about to turn one in may uh the other one is three and you know i found myself cleaning my house all the time and i and i was like this is i don't want this okay. i don't want to i i don't believe in cleaning people because they never clean the house correctly um, I'm usually cleaning up behind the cleaning person. Um, and I was like, I didn't grow up with a cleaning person. My mom was always the person that cleaned. What, what, what are we doing wrong? And okay, one so, night... So before Maria, Con Maria Kondo, you had an organizing connection. Oh, forever. Yeah. Go ahead. No, tell everybody about your Facebook group. Oh, so I'm in a Facebook group. Um, she brought a binder here tonight. I'm in a Facebook group. It's run by a woman who has a blog called Bowlful of Lemons. And this is the second year that I've done it. They have a challenge every January until April, and they focus on one room per week. And basically, it's a checklist, and it's a deep clean for spring. And you basically go through and you take everything out of the room and sort it into four piles of what you're going to keep, donate, trash, sell. Um, so once you clean the room from top to bottom, blinds, baseboards, everything, you put the things that you want to keep back and you keep the things out that you want to sell, you want to trash, and you want to donate. Um, your children, well, at least your daughter has been part of this process. Every you. single room. Wow. 
every single room. So tell everybody her um, when she goes <laughs> to put something away. So when she cleans up at night, um, I, this was actually the other day that I heard this. She has an IKEA toy system in her room. So we have uh, toys spread out throughout the house. I don't believe in a playroom because the playroom just dumps. So we have toys put away with a purpose. So in her room, she has her older toys because obviously I have a younger child. She has her Barbies, her Snap Dolls, all that kind of stuff. Things that she uses during rest time because she doesn't take a nap. So an hour and a half a day, she has rest time. She has certain toys for that. So she was putting them away and she's sitting on the floor and she's going, keep, keep. As she's putting the toys from the floor into the bin. And then she she got to a doll and she goes, Mommy, I want to give this to the other boys and girls. I don't like it anymore. So she, I was like, okay, that's what you want to do. And we did the same thing for her clothes. Like, we went with the Marie Kondo style and we took everything out of her closet. And she chose what she wanted to keep. Wow. That's the opposite of my child. Wow. And my child probably you're both opposite temperaments as well. Pictures of herself from before, and she'll say, Mommy, I want that shirt back, mm-hmm. even though it was something she wore when she was two. <laughs> like, if she could keep absolutely everything she owns, she would. I mean, we. I, my daughter was running around with nine princess full-size dolls tonight. <laughs> like, I mean, she has toys, and she has an abundance of... I mean, she has more toys than you probably have in your house because the other side of it is I am a teacher. So I feel like you need to have specific things inside, like leasing toys and this type of toys and that type of toys. (laughs) And I homeschool and I... Can I ask, does she actually use them? Because part of the reason I don't really have toys in my house... I don't buy a lot of toys because I try to, to reinforce something that... I've seen in a lot of kids that that I don't agree with, so I do try to keep low on the toys and do other stuff with things that I have in the house. Boxes, pots, and pans. But it depends. Like that, yeah. that I count as a toy. Okay. Oh yeah, me too. I won't like throw we, it away. But like I said, <laughs> I have toys with the purpose around my house so she has specific toys inside her room that she only uses for an hour and a half so she's going to appreciate those toys they're not out 24 7 her play kitchen has labels that are laminated inside her thing so she could put them away (laughs) well and and i do want to get to paulina because i know that (laughs) she has researched um environments for children in order to have them be engaging purposeful play spaces um, but the one comment that I want to make about how much is too much, how much is enough, mm. I don't think there's an answer. But I think it, it. But I think it comes from observation and reflection and awareness that says how are they playing with it, how are they engaged with it, and when you take that kitchen and you put it away in a big bag for a month in the garage, you may just have found, you know what, they just had too much to focus on, or they're so busy, or there's a million reasons why we forget that something has a meaningful experience for us. Or before you give it, donate it away, you can put it in the backyard and turn it into a mud kitchen, or you can try other ways. It's the same, same thing that we do here is... I, I mean, as you know, I mean, I have one bedroom for storage and a garage for storage because I want the environment to be a teacher. And I want to see when I move something around, when I change it, when I associate it with a different experience, how will children play and engage with it differently? How can I challenge them differently? So that's what I call toy rotation. So we have mm-hmm. essentially a toy rotation in our house. So there are specific things that are out all the time. And then there are things that I will specifically pull out because we're going into Passover. Like I have a Passover bin. I have books in it. I have, and I have something called a morning basket where in the morning it has books based on the theme that I come up with for the week. And she has purposeful things to do instead of running around the house. Um, so. And, and, and then, and then I want to say also, also say that when you said she was holding, holding nine dolls, there is that sense where if they love many many pieces many many of the same things a hundred dinosaurs is not too much right for a child who counts them counts every one lines everyone uh-huh. up knows exactly where each one is if they care about it if they're responsible for it and that's the part i'd like to get at today is that idea of 
if we if we're talking about organizing, it's about responsibility to care for my stuff with respect, right. to honor myself, my stuff, and my home in a special way. And I think those are concepts we can give kids. So on the and then o- I want to get Paulina on. On the other flip of it, my husband loves to keep things. He, I mean, I have my children's toys, and then I have my husband's toys because he has games. <laughs> he ha- I have literally maybe 13 gaming consoles in my house just because my husband has to keep them. Right. And I told him when we sit down every time we go to organize, I say, you don't have to get rid of anything, but it has to have a home. Like, it has to have a place in the house. It cannot be piled somewhere in a closet. It has to have a home. He has literally a bookcase full of comic books. I said, you're going to go through this. I don't care if you keep every single one of them, but you have to tell me why we're keeping it. Like if it And that's a concept that kids can truly understand. And that's a straight up Marie Kondo in my five minutes of mm-hmm. research that I did. Everything needs a home. Yeah. And imagine if everything has a home. Then you always know where to find it. You know, junk drawers are useless, toy bins useless. Oh, All yeah. of those things that are dumping places or dumping areas, useless. But the idea of everything having a home, children know what that means. So yeah. Where's the, where does this live? So I have to get to Pauline. <laughs> Tell us how you got here, other than Laura, <laughs> uh, but also what your interest and yeah. where you're thinking about purpose. Well, uh, when Laura told me about the podcast and she told me about the subject, I immediately jumped and said, oh my gosh, I just did that. Oh my gosh. Like that totally applies to me in so many levels. And and then I remembered how I was when I before I got married and I was the labeler. I used to have my label. I used to have colors for you my label. You were a teacher as well? I used to teach, yes. <laughs> it's got to be a teacher thing. It's a teacher thing. I teach and I studied psychology, so I should have, you know, a lot of the answers. But when it comes to personal life, it's very different. Um, but I used to be the super organizer. And I did grow up with a lot of help at home. And now that I don't have help here in the U.S., it's a totally different ball game. And I do realize how tough it is to keep everybody else organized. Myself, with kids, well, with one kid, because I have a two-year-old. But um, my life is just a mess right now (laughs) because I don't know how to give away her stuff. Everything, to me, is sentimental. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's a a real... Let let me pause there. Yeah. And then I want to come back to the... um, where you feel the chaos and how you, because because you said you had a comment about Maria Kondo <laughs> yes. organizing principles, so I want to come back to that. Yeah. But but just in the sense of um, being attached to 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 the things. I mean that does spark joy if we use that as a criteria. What do you do with things that have sentimental value? So I'm a huge hoarder with emotional things. I That is my one weakness. Like, there is literally, I just uploaded 300 photos from Olivia, my youngest, her 10-month photos. Literally, in a chair, I have 300 photos. Oh, my god! And my husband's like, you just pick one. I was like, no, I can't. They're, each one tells a story. <laughs> like, it's, it's very bad. I have an emotional connection with everything. And my parents gave me my baby box with all my stuff in it. So I was like, what do wow. I do? I have a hard enough time with my own children. So my husband and I had this conversation and Adam sat me down and he was like, I don't get it. You used to be so attached to everything and now you're like, get rid of this, get rid of that. get." And I said, because if it's sitting in a box, what am I getting from it? Right. So I went through, I mean, I have a box for our wedding stuff. I have rocks from outside the Coliseum <laughs> in Italy. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing with all these things? Like, they're just sitting there collecting dust. So I said... I slowly went through each box. I got rid of envelopes and bag gift bags of every Valentine's Day gift that my husband gave me. I'm like, I don't need this. But I went through and I said, what is going to tell the story in 20 years from now? That's a great question. That's a really great question. I said, what do I want my children to look at and go, oh, I really understand what my parents were doing here. Yeah. Like, they're not, they're going to. Look at it and go, oh, good. My mom got a bag from the dollar store. Yippee. Like, I, I really went through and I said, so I took and I repurposed a lot of our emotional things. So I started um, a jar with rocks from different places that we vacationed in. And I wrote 
the initials of the places on it. I started uh, another jar with all our... When do enough. you even It wasn't enough just this. to have the jar. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if you really want to know, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning... Oh my gosh. No. I don't organizing people have to be a little bit on that side on that on because that, that side of crazy. If yeah, if not, wow. I won't sleep. I'll sit there and think about what can I do to make this better. All right. So let me ask Laura about <laughs> emo- when you're emo- are you emotionally attached to stuff? I am. Um, I will never ever get rid of the onesie that Olivia came home with from the hospital. Okay. You know, um, things like that. I I keep. Um, but in general. I'm a get-rid-of-it person. I think I grew up with too many people around me who were hoarders. My mom has a storage full of things, and I tell her the gargoyles are are guarding it because when does she ever go there and look at these things? Why do you need to have it? But that's the whole sitting in a box. Well, the the same thing. I grew up also with a mom that used to keep everything. Still today, she has warehouses with furniture she doesn't use, but she won't give it away. And so I saw that, and... I also moved around a lot throughout the years from home to home, from country to country. So I am not attached emotionally to my things or my husband's. I'm, I will be quick to get rid of anything that I think he won't use and I will not ask. <laughs> and I will get rid of anything that is mine. But when it comes to my daughters, it's, a, it's just different to me. And I don't want to get rid of that little tiny thing that I paid a quarter for because she loves it. And I think that if she'll find it in the bin... She'll be happy to find it again and play with it again, so I will not throw it away. So okay. is it too much? Is it, has it become... <laughs> I mean, she's only two. Yes. So we know, we know it's going to accumulate... <laughs> Eventually. Incrementally. So I can yeah. tell you what I've researched in my researching of things. Now, I'm a crazy person. I have every... Because we used Honest Company. I have every diaper from every size from when Sophia was a baby. I have the two pacifiers of Sick different... diapers? Oh, my God. The clean diapers... <laughs> why why i don't know <laughs> i mean i will tell but, you i mean, though, what, I mean then, it's possible in 30 years diapers won't yeah. be the same but, but one it, would probably do the trick i didn't if, do if keeping a, baby ch- a historical olivia. time capsule i, mean, I didn't do it for olivia honest company has the pattern so if it was a specific pattern that reminded me of why sophia i kept sure of it but that's what I was going to say. Oh. So a lot of people start taking pictures of things and yeah. putting it in these chat books. And then it's capsulized on the internet. So if oh. you ever lose that book, it's you still have it. Yeah, because now I just imagined you with a bunch of like clear cases mm-hmm. of stuff mm-hmm. filled, organized, but filled with stuff. Actually, and I just... the bin that I have is very small. Oh, like, okay. it's very <laughs> small. I don't have a lot. How big? I mean, like a small box, like the like yeah, shoebox, a little bit bigger than a shoebox, like a, a time capsule. I mean, you know, you've guys heard about it, but you can you get to keep one thing of each year of your child's yes. life, and then you encapsulate it in one box, and then you stop now what, accumulating what all that stuff. And 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 what if? And and I'm just, what if you put that one thing, but then you put a note with it that says, "Here's the here's what I." thought about oh, choosing that. for yeah. this that I had to let go of yeah. to, to make this one thing the most special thing I could save to show you when you were bigger. I love that. Um, it's to, to record your feelings because that's the thing that I worry about is how will you, it's, it is the emotions that matter in the, in the connection to our stuff. And so it's how will you portray your emotions? How will you convey that? How will you capture that for your children's story? Definitely. I think, I think, I think about that all the time that I organize Ali's bedroom. Because every time that I organize things, while I'm organizing, she's taking stuff out and being very curious about everything mm-hmm. else. So my house is never organized. It's all about Ali. My living room is Allie, my bedroom is Allie, her bedroom is Allie, the kitchen is Allie. Everything is about her because her stuff is absolutely everywhere. And I don't know how to find the time to organize everything because I just feel like everything just keeps getting out. And, and, and what does Allie say about, if you said to Allie, you know what, everything is everything is everywhere and we need to find a special place for everything... <laughs> Where should we begin? Do you think she would be resistant to that? No. I mean, could, no. No. So, 
And it's kind of shocking what they are willing to part with versus keep. Like, there there was something that I swore, if I lost this, (laughs) the world would end. And she was just, no, give it to the other boys (laughs) and girls. Because what if, what if, including them in the organizing responsibility process, gives them the opportunity for that emotional connection to their lives and their stuff. Yeah. So that, and by you man over managing it, mm-hmm. or letting it be a free for all, it interferes with them developing this connection with the, 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 the what matters to me. Oh yes. So for example, I mean, just for toy shopping, we always say, you know, let's go through catalogs or websites and say, I like this, I like this, I like this. Okay, let's hold this and see how many of these things we still like two weeks from now and a month from now. Let's look at the stuff that matters to you today and find out, is it a sometimes thing? Is it a me, 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 now, now, now yeah. thing? Or is it something that I, it is really speaks to my soul? Right. I think because Ali's so... Um, young right now, and she doesn't. I don't well, she's feel two that two and a half. Right? She's two and a half. That's true. She's not that young. No, she's. She not. has opinions. She has. She's. And I. She mean, knows I did this, herself. I did yes, this with and Sophia when she was two and a half. I underestimate her. I think that she will not be able to make those connections with things. So I will decide to keep those things because she'll be sad eventually if I would throw it away. If she's thirteen and that I throw it away, and she's like, "Mom, why would you throw that away? My first picture. My first. You know." Okay, you're the only psychologist at the table. Uh, yes. <laughs> However, listen, and we know that our relationship to stuff, I mean, I've never watched those hoarding shows, but we know, I mean, we know that our relationships to stuff is absolutely about our emotional lives. Oh, yes. And that's where Marie Kondo does something really valuable so that when you're feeling, oh, can I let go? Mm-hmm. And you express that gratitude and you say, you made us so happy by bringing us this, 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 and this for the last year. You were that. You were the second diaper. You were the fifth diaper. <laughs> and now I it's can let you four. go. There are only four <laughs> in the bin. <laughs> but it, but it's there is a real depth to this process that yes. makes it vital and meaningful for all of us in very different ways. Yes, I didn't think that I was going to have a connection like that with things because I was so quick to part with so many things in my life as I moved along from work to work, from house to house or country to country. And I've never been connected to my things. In fact, I, I, my husband is connected to things, for example, to you know his sunglasses that he's kept for five years that I don't know how he has them lost. And he gets worried about them. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. You got new ones. You know? <laughs> but, but now I'm a different person. I'm a different person as a mom. And I'm definitely having trouble parting with him things. Even a, a box of diapers that I find in my house. And I find it's crispy. And it's new. The box, the carton box looks fine. And I will not get rid of it because I will be able to do a craft with it in a few days. So my And husband, will you do the craft? And so, not that month, but maybe next month. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where making a home for something. So, like, I have that. I I have inside my kitchen, um, doing this whole organization group, I actually have three empty cabinets Hmm. inside my kitchen. And one of them I repurpose and dedicated just for arts and crafts. Because it's where the mess happens. It's where its home is. And in the bins, I have paints and I have pasta shells and I have things to make sensory bins. That's helping me, this word, find a home for it. It really is helping me right now. (laughs) finding a home. And like... I mean, I'm crazy, and I'll go, Sophia, where's its home? Yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll run to its home. But it's a good question, and yeah. it's a clear question to children. So I'm not trying to change the whole discussion, but that's what I want to get to now. So you have decided how you part with things, how you organize things. How are you teaching it to your children? Yes. I have two kids. One's a five-year-old, one's a two-year-old. My two-year-old if he takes off his socks, will run to the front door to his shoes and stick his socks in his shoes. When he's in the bathroom, I've seen him take off his clothes dirty, but he goes and puts them in his drawer, which is not the right place. But he has a a sense of place. 
My five-year-old, I have tried to make this a responsibility thing, a routine thing, a rewards thing, just to make her bed in the mornings and just to put her pajamas away. And she can fold her pajamas the way I fold them. The way I fold them. Oh, I have a, I have a way of she, folding She showed pajamas. me today. They, you, will, you can shake the item. You can shake the shirt or the short, and it will not come apart. It is crazy. I was up until 2 in the morning doing all my laundry, doing all my folding, and I left it all in the living room. And my then one or one-and-a-half-year-old came and destroyed the whole thing. And that's where Marie Kondo gets to me is I feel that they're destroying me when they're destroying what I've cleaned, what I've organized, what I've folded. I feel like they're doing me a wrong and it makes me angry towards my children. I want to kick them out of my house so that I can have a clean life. Is much neater without children. That would be the case. I mean, and husbands. Like, let's just throw right. that in. I, mean, I love my husband, and he's going to listen to this yeah, podcast. I mean, but. you can live in the tiny house or in the car <laughs> with no pets, no in-laws, no relatives, no and house live a guests, perfect life, and have a perfect managed life. And 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 you should have that moment. At least for a few hours a month, I'm sure. Right. I'll give you that a few hours a month. <laughs> but um, I and and that's my question is how how much collaboration cooperation can we a- ask of the people that live with us if you want to be that organized? Well, I know you're going to get a lot, uh, and but you also have a daughter that that is 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 willing and able to participate with you. Mine is not. She okay. wants to go and color and she can forget about the entire world. She doesn't know what time of day it is. All she wants to do is color, color, paint, paint. But art, Sophia's art, art. like that. I but, understand that according to Marie Kondo and correct me if I'm wrong, but she asks when somebody else doesn't want to clean your space. And um you're if you like it, if it makes you calm, and you're supposed to do it because it makes you calm and it makes your space nicer, but you can't demand it from the other people. So you need to uh, set limits, for example, for your child. Okay, your room is going to be your space, and this is going to be my space. My space needs to be clean. If that's your space and you want to keep it messy, that's okay. And when I, when I read that about Marie Kondo, it just made me my neck really itchy because I'm like, how? What do you mean I'm okay with that? I'm not okay with that. Your, your room needs to, to be, be clean. clean. <laughs> and, and, well, what I know from that scenario, that as you just described it, is that classic discipline behavior management strategy that says, I tried routines, I tried get bribery, I tried threatens, I tried everything. It's, it's that let me be the crazy mom desperate for cooperation and compliance and keep pushing against this and wait for that cooperation. Well, it's not going to happen like that. And, and, and the way Paulina just described it is that, that letting go and saying, even in a house of cooperation and cooperative children, you can't demand it. But you have to set, as I always call them, the bumpers in the bowling alley that says, this is how I'm going, here's here's where my sanity edges are. And I'm going to keep this ball going forward. Even though I can't manage you, I will manage this situation. And so what does that mean? Um, and so I, I'm not sure where this fits in organizing. I'll pass it back to you, Alexis. But, but it seems to me that you always have two levels of organizing. Mm-hmm. You have the master plan. You have the spring cleaning, the everything in its place, the, the it, removing the excess. You have all that big vision stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you have the day-to-day management that keeps the system step going. On toys. That's all yeah. I'm asking for is just to be okay. able to walk from the door to the closet. And your, your five-year-old room. can give you that. Okay? So, and how do you do that? I mean, again, the question always becomes, how do you find that strategy that works for Olivia? And and it may mean, uh, first of all, it means what are the systems that work for you? Do you need to clean up at the end of the day? Do you need to clean up at the beginning of the day? It's the old Montessori. I mean, we laugh at me all the time. I am the worst Montessori teacher in the world because <laughs> if you've ever been in this classroom, you know I'm not cleaning till the end of the day. I mean, it's I will best. push everything to the yeah. side because I've got 10 more activities I can't wait to get to. 
but and I respect the philosophy and I understand it and I will teach responsibility and care and nurturing, but I will not ask to put this back and I will certainly not ask to put the pencil on the left side of the tray next to the piece of paper because It'll as keep a, going out. As a kinesthetic child person, adult, there is no way I want to live within those tight lines mm. where you might go, oh, everything's in its place before the next thing comes out. And we're all different. So what is that system for house management that's going to work? And, and you need to do it three times a day. Do you need to say, look, I need a pathway and here's mom's red carpet because this is where mom walks and I will not walk on toys. And when those, and when you do, how do you, I mean, again, it's, it's your responsibility to not step on the toy. And so <laughs> there, there will be a mutual responsibility here, but it's also, okay, wait, I see toys in front of me. Now, what are my choices? Pause. Don't go crazy. It's just saying, you know what, at the end of the day, and, and where do you do these these behavioral evaluations with your children. I think we need to be checking at the end of every day what went well today, what was hard today, what went easy, what didn't go so easy. Where, where, and, and they have a, a mutual responsibility as part of a family to be thoughtful and considerate of what your needs are. And my needs are, I can't, when we're rushing, I need to have clear paths to walk. And that's, and so tell me how we're going to make that happen for me for tomorrow. Because remember when I was coming out in my bedroom and we were rushing and, and I had all those toys I had to walk around. It's not fair to me. And I need your help yeah. fixing this problem. And now the new dynamic, though, is that now that the two-year-old always is in the five-year-old's bedroom, she blames the two-year-old. She says, I didn't make the mess. Thomas made okay, the well, mess. Well, that's a real simple. I, You know, maybe oh. that's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe you. he did. Maybe he didn't. But right now, what really matters to me is that we get this cleaned up. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that, that, and she may need private space. Yeah, and, and say, do you, would you, would you, there, would you like a time of day when your brother can't play in your room? And the other one is, well, how come I have to make my bed? Why do I have to put my pajamas away and my brother doesn't? Because you're five. That's uh -huh. what I always answer, Pretty but much. that is not a good enough answer for Your her. daughter will <laughs> always challenge you oh, because that's yeah. who she is, and you don't want her any different. Yeah. So, yes, you're frustrated, but you're also really her best cheerleader. So... So yeah. how it works in our house, it took a long time. I have a very stubborn three-year-old. I mean, extremely stubborn to the point where she walks around the house going, no, the answer is yes. I'm like, no, the answer is no. And she goes, no, it's yes. So oh I've gosh. had to, oh, yes. She, I could dish it, and she gives, dishes it right back to myself. So um, how we get around all of this, one day I woke up and I was very exhausted. I want to say the baby was maybe six months old, and I said, this is not fair. Uh -huh. Like, it's not fair. Everything's on me. And that's right when Marie yeah. Kondo's show came out on Netflix, <laughs> and I'm like, and then I was like, you know what? No, I don't agree with everything. I can appreciate what she says. But the one thing that I really took away from the whole thing was, and a lot of people disagree. A lot of people think that I like to micromanage. I don't. Um, I put the responsibility back on everybody else in my house. I said, this is not my job. I do not wake up every morning and have somebody above me tell me that I need to go wash the floors. I need to do this. So one day I sat down with my husband. I said, this is a sponge. We're going to learn how to clean because he didn't know. Like, honestly, truly, he did not know. So I was like, how can I expect you to help out in the house if you don't know? Like, and same with my daughter. I said, this is what this does. This And like, it was a lot of conversations. Right. And I realized, like, I was expecting them to do so much. And to this day, like, it's not perfected. But, like, I left the house. I, said, I told my husband, I said, I have a checklist inside the closet. All, like, on a white whiteboard, I said, these are the things that need to happen before I go to bed tonight so I can go to bed. And he goes, no problem. I'll help out. Like, you left me a list. I can help out with what I know how to do on this list. And how do you deal oh. with kid clutter, whether it's... Clothes, shoes, toys, what's your, what's so your plan? So Sophia has a rest time, an hour and a half every day, where she gets to play quietly with her toys inside her room. The baby's not allowed in there. 
So my Olivia is not allowed in there. That's her time to play with her Barbies, play with her Snap Dolls, play with Legos, play with... But the rule is the room has to look exactly like it did when she went in there. So everything has its space. Everything has where it needs to go, and that's where it needs. I also have a daughter that gets very um, angry when Olivia touches everything, so it kind of works in my benefit. Uh But... Um, it was a lot of conversations and we have those times where she goes, but I'm coloring right now. So I set a timer. I said, okay, then I'll compromise with you in five minutes. When this timer goes off, you have to freeze what you're doing and you have to put this bin away. And the thing that I learned was, um, and this was recently, you know, we were always demanding her to clean up and she would go, I can't do it. I need, you know, whatever. So I said, it might, that's what Ali says, but it might be, you have to pick up. I can't. I I really can't. (laughs) (laughs) So I read somewhere, I don't know where I stumbled upon it, but somebody said give them an option of two things. You can put the Barbies away or you can put the kitchen stuff away, but one of those two things have to go away right now. Because their mind cannot process looking at a room like we can and go, okay, this needs to go away. Like it becomes overwhelming for them. They're just playing with it at all. What's working for me right now is, is... like that. I I feel like Ali when she's playing, she's playing with a little bit of everything at the same time and it just stresses me out at night when I'm already watching, you know, an empty program or whatever and I just see the living room and it's just the f- you can't see the rug, you can't see everything because there's blocks, there's kitchen little play kitchen stuff everywhere and and I just think, oh my gosh, so I'm going to go to sleep. It's 10 o'clock. I'm going to go to sleep. And this is what's waiting for me tomorrow morning when I need to get ready for school or whatever. But our, and, so sorry. The, the, so not, that's going to be a routine change. Yeah, definitely. That's what it basically became. Like even my 11-month-old has to clean up after. Like I make her help clean up so that Sophia sees that it's not just her cleaning up and it's not just my husband cleaning up it's now the baby has to clean up and it it's a rule in the house that all the toys have to be away or if she's in the middle of building something I don't want to ruin that creativity so I I'll tell her okay that's fine this is allowed to stay out but everything else has to go I like away. the freeze idea of it's the like same way stop. letting letting yeah. a build a t- a something that they build stay right. so that they have that satisfaction to be able to say we'll hold this space for you yeah. so that you can return to it and that trust will build so that they know there is continuity I can take a break I can go do what I need to do and then come back to the thing that gives me joy the yeah. other th- the other way to manage maybe some of that nighttime cleanup is we can do it faster together mm-hmm. and you can have more story time like or we can do it slow together and you'll and then we'll have a shorter bedtime but either way yeah. by the time so so that you're again you're moving everyone forward but with soft hands yes instead of that but but still but i would still put the value on it so that you've got the teaching of the responsibility the commitment and the care which is you know what at the end of the day everybody and everything in our house is happy you know to to somehow because that's why i work early childhood because i want the magic of that framing in my life and I believe in that magic. So whether it's everybody, everything and everybody happy or whether it's we, we want to go to bed so everything is peaceful. If everything's all around the floor, you know what they do in the middle of the night. They have crazy games. They have races. And then none of us can sleep because even though we don't wake up, we still hear them all busy. Play. They will believe anything. You can make, you can spin it with magic but with the concepts that you really want to be teaching, which then helps them sleep well, feel the peace, and finish some of that to-do list stuff so that it doesn't just get procrastinated from day to eternity. Yeah, and plus it accumulates so much that if you make them clean up everything at once at night, it's a lot for them to clean up too, you know? Like they get so many toys out that when they see the whole mess that they made and they realize it, they don't want to clean up. Neither do we. No. So I've been doing with Ali like the, if you want to take something out, put that away. It works sometimes, It sometimes it doesn't. By the end of the night, when I just want to have a coffee or something like that during the day, I'm like, 
and I see her taking stuff out, I'm like, just, you know, keep mm-hmm. going. You know, I'm going to drink this Sweating coffee. Sweating the toys keep making out a around your house, though, might help. And, and that helps a back. lot. You look oh. around at the end of the day before you put her to bed and you say, you know what? I'm exhausted and overwhelmed when I see all of this. So we're going to take half of this stuff and we're going to put it in a box until we figure out how to manage this. Once we get good at managing this, we can add more stuff. You let me know when you're ready for more stuff. Mm -hmm. I want you to have anything you want, but we have to be able to take care of it. And that's where the toy rotation comes in, in in our house. So like we have things that they can dump, but... What I realized was it wasn't just my kids. It was if we had friends over or playdates, like mm. things would get dumped. And it wasn't just as far as dumping, like my kids' toys were getting ruined. Right. So we have specific toys that are in both girls' rooms and they have homes inside their room and they can play in there. So Olivia, the baby, can play in her room with her toys in the morning. Sophia has her toys that she can play with. And then we have community play things and that's things that they have to share downstairs so if there's a toy downstairs that Sophia doesn't want to play with you know with her sister I said well then you have to go upstairs in your room and play with it this is a community space so that's where the sharing happens and it's all non-chokeable items as well so I'm not worrying about the baby getting things inside her mouth and like everybody I mean to a point yes there's toys everywhere in my house like, we have a vet set, and then we have the kitchen toys, and then, you know, Olivia loves to dump. But I went through, and I really focused on what they played with. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately ultimately made that decision at, with some of the toys, because I knew that some of these concepts are above what she can really think of, and I gave her options with other toys. And then there was a point where I put the toys in a pile in my bedroom, because we were cleaning out our bedroom. That's where all the toys were. And she would pass by it every single day, not even touch the toys. Right. I'm like, you're not even playing with these toys. Mm-hmm. So finally, I went and I sat down with her, and she was allowed to pick two toys from the pile. She only ended up wanting to pick one. And since then, she's rekindled a love with this toy stroller. Um, but uh, somebody that I read on a blog put all their toys inside a room, and they're very minimalistic. And she had her kids go shopping, that whole, like, oh, holiday what shopping. what a clever idea. And the kids were allowed to go shopping once a day for toys to play with for that day. And she would jot I down. That. That's so clever. And she wrote down what they picked every single day for two weeks. Sounds crazy and maddening. But she was like, there were, like, nine things in that room that they never touched. Like, never even liked so she kept some of it because she's a homeschool teacher and like some of it she needed but the kids were allowed to go shopping for the toys that they wanted to play with for that day and at the end of the day it went back inside that room Uh is this a fee-based program fee-based group bowl full of lemons Mm -hmm. no the the facebook group is not okay okay so that's that's accessible Uh to everyone i'm I'm gonna we're, we're running out of time um any final thoughts before i get to wrap up on clothing so with clothing, <laughs> there, there's a part of it that, so we do capsule wardrobe. And a capsule wardrobe is basically like, think about Garanimals and how everything mixes and matches. That's essentially what I have. So I have clothes that are not in, like they're, they're basic colors, like how I'm wearing a blue t-shirt tonight. I will tell you, these jeans are the only pair of jeans that I own. I own one pair of capri pants. I own three running shorts. And I own, like, three yoga, like, workout pants. And it has cut down on the amount of laundry that we do in our house, which means less time folding and everything like that. Going back to the folding the clothes, <laughs> um, we don't have dressers either. Like, my, my youngest has a dresser because she has a changing table topper. But everything, I mean, it blows people's mind when you see. Because I was a frequent Target shopper, and I would shop the clearance section. I'd come home with, like, bound, you know, mounds and mounds of clothes. And I, I finally, one day, I was like, there are still tags on this, and she never wore it. What am I doing wrong? So we, I think Sophia owns maybe 10 shirts, um, she owns two pairs of shorts. She owns a pair of pants. And, like, we 
most of them match and it helps her pick out her clothes in the morning where I'm not going, okay, you're leaving the house with like pink wow. shirt with bright I line. admire you. <laughs> I, w- I could not ever do that. I, I'm listening to it and I just, I'm listening to you and I admire you because Thanks. of the simplicity. But when it comes to clothes, I could never do that. Never. I mean, I will, I have to have so much more than that when it comes to dressing myself because it's my personality. <laughs> I could never and I and yes, the, it piles I'm up. So, <laughs> but that that's I like that, that's the thing. I'm it's, such it's, not a woman. Like I when does the joy teeter off into crazy or or too much? And that's yeah. that that becomes the question. Yeah. Is yeah. you know, there's <laughs> not it's like the hundred dinosaurs. You can have a thousand outfits. Yeah. If if that if it's not overwhelming, if yes. if managing that doesn't rule over take over your life, yeah. and if you aren't finding things with tags, we have to go to wrap yeah. up. Okay. So thank you so very much. <laughs> um, the wrap up is always the same. How have you got this for right here for right now? So either in organizing or in your relationship to stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, um, definitely, I've gotten a lot of this conversation by listening to you because you are just the complete opposite of what I'm doing right now. So finding a home for things to me in this conversation has definitely solved a lot for this <laughs> week. I'm going to try that. Uh, as for my connections for things, um, I think that I need to ask Ali a little bit more and have her have a little bit more of a voice at home. It'll be fun to get yes. a chicken. Check in, in a few weeks and see. We're checking in in two weeks. Laura? Uh, the only thing I've got is how to fold laundry. <laughs> The only thing I know how to do. <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> you know, I, I am good at organizing. I am good at cleaning. And you're creative. I am creative, but I'm just so bad at communicating that to my children or to making them part of it. I don't want anybody part of it. I don't like cleaning ladies. I don't want my husband to clean. He doesn't do it well enough. I'm a control freak when it comes to cleaning and organizing. Yeah. And um, that's that's probably a strength for organizing because it's going to make you that masterful organizer, but it's also that idea of it's okay, but you you're you're robbing your children of the chance to take care of their own things. Well, it's not only that, you're burning yourself out. And I and think you're that's frustra- I you're, think that's what happened one day. I burnt myself out and I just I said, "What is what what tasks am I going to take hold of and what tasks can I delegate? Okay, so give us your... I mean, I know you have a binder full and we could do a year's worth of podcasts on this. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's it's the keeping up the open communication. I mean, there are some times where I think I communicate things and I don't. Perfect. So um, all of us, that's so true. So it's just releasing some of that and delegating it and realizing that I can't do it all by myself. Like it's, it's just not possible because I will burn myself out and I will snap and I will, I mean, I was three weeks ago, that person throwing toys inside a garbage bag and saying, I'm getting rid of everything. (laughs) But it, it's realizing that I'm not the only one that lives in this house, and how are we going to make it work? (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know... You got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore family time. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.